Mario, we made this. Ammo 7 did it again. Welcome to another episode of Big Evil Media. Another special guest goes by the name of Vic Santoro. Yeah, good, yeah. Hey, then. Yeah, Second time round, man. It's being due. It's being due. <laughs> the first one. You were one, one of my first interviews. Yeah. All, albeit was um, Instagram Live, the, the very first days of Big Ego. But here we are. Here we are. Yeah, come on, man. So, we're going to pretend none of that's happened. No one knows that story. We're starting off afresh. Mm-hmm. So, tell us your name, where you're from, where did you grow up? Um, Big Santoro, but, oh, sorry, to answer my eye. Hold on a minute. Uh, I don't know if it's a light, but yeah, I'm good. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, obviously, yeah, Big Santoro, I'm from Lucian. Yeah. Lucian, <laughs> this is just a whole wild Lucian. Nah, I'm from Broccoli. From Broccoli. Broccoli, Lucian, yeah. So, what about your family background? Family from Cameroon. From Cameroon. Yeah. Bar de France? Oui, en tout Marcin Tipe, but I forgot all my French. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit. So, I mean, um, being from Cameroon, when did you come over to the UK? Came over to the UK when I was about seven, eight, yeah. Yeah, what brought you here? Was it for a better life? Um, flipping, long, you went to long version, short version. I my mum basically had to come here to seek, had to seek asylum in Europe. Yeah. So I landed here, she landed somewhere else. Okay. I am fleeing the government type stuff. But yeah. yeah. So, You've landed here, you've landed in sort of Lewisham. Where was you living? Who who you living with? I was living with my auntie in, okay. um, in Broccoli. Yeah. yeah. And did you have a father figure at the time or was it your auntie? No, nah, just my auntie. Um, my dad was, again, when families, especially like back home when, you know, problems with, you know, war or whatever, or you know, the government, parents end up somewhere else, kids end up somewhere else. So yeah. I was just one of those children. So my dad was in another country and my mum was somewhere else and I was here. So yeah. And how do you think that affected you growing up, not having your parents there? Um, you know, when I was younger, I used to always feel like it was like a, I don't know, it was like a weight that I carried around. But now that I'm older, I don't know. I feel like when I look at it, I look at it a bit different. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I think, yeah, when I was younger, I probably used it, used it as an excuse for mm. whatever to engage in different ways. But I think now I'm just motivated knowing that I was kind of raised without my parents there per se, and mm. I'm, I'm still who I am, and I like who I am. So yeah. So do you think things could have been different with them being there? Yeah, no, things could definitely be different. Um, but I think with me now, it's like I just yeah, I wouldn't want it any other way type thing because I think the skills I learned, you know, the developments I got in those processes, and my dad, dad, my dad died when I was really young. So when I was fourteen, my dad did pass away. So it's like so. Yeah, so I think all them skills are built through those periods. It's, it's really helped me later on in life, type thing. So you said that kind of um, not having your your parents, sort of things could have been a little bit different, mm-hmm. but obviously it's made you who you yeah. are today. So what was your kind of early interest? What was you into? Sports. Yeah, yeah I think sports. I used to like. Um, I used to like boxing quite a bit. Just yeah, like combat sports. I was really into. I think football. Basketball, you know, a bit of everything. When you're younger, you just play a bit of everything. Mm. It was not, I can't say I was great at anything mm. sports-wise, but I think I, I was into sports full stop. Were you fighting a lot in school all the time? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, there's, there's, this, there's this whole, um, st- I don't know if it's a stigma, it's a bad stigma or not. There's a whole stigma of these African boys just being some tough Africans who could fight <laughs> and we've got that, that, those names. Is that, is that something that you, you had to deal with? Yeah, but it's not because, it's because we just had to, isn't it? I think yeah. the generation of, you know, my generation of African kids in school, I mean, you know, 
regular stuff, you know, kids make fun of you, this, that, your accent, your whatever, whatever. No, you have to sort of fight for your place in the new society, so mm. to speak. But I think, like, as boys, the fighting thing is normal. You're just, you're supposed to, you know, fight when you're a boy type yeah. thing, to find out, you know, who you really are. So, yeah, man. And one thing I think the African kids of today will never understand. I mean, a lot of them are being born here. <laughs> They'll never understand that we had to basically cool so they could walk right now because now to be african is cool they've got the afro beats everyone yeah. a lot of the caribbean girls are now dating african guys yeah, yeah, back yeah. in the day it wasn't it wasn't it, was it wasn't mad, cool it was mad, it was why mad. do you think this changed is I, it inevitable i, I think information in it i think um information is everything i think with the internet the information that people are, are able to get the knowledge you know you know knowledge themselves on africa and and things like that so i think that's kind of helped a lot Whereas I think back in the day it was Oxfam adverts and mm. and whatever poverty, you know, donate some money. That's how Africa was portrayed. So I think we were just looked at as where you lot come from. It's just whatever, dirty, it's, it's rare, rare, whatnot. When mm. really that wasn't the case. So yeah. So at which point was it then you kind of, you're new to the country, you're kind of getting on, you're getting a little bit of mischief fighting and that. When did that transition from just being an innocent kid turn? Um, I think when my dad died. When mm. I was there, when my dad died, when I was about 14. Yeah, I don't know. Everything just kind of changed. Don't get me wrong. Like I like school and all of that. I still got good grades, but I think, I think yeah, I think that was my turning point. You know, that, that just a memory I can remember. Yeah, about fourteen. Yeah. What What were the sort of things that you were doing that was showing you a new level of criminality, or just hanging around with the wrong people? Um, I think for me it was quite different because I I think because of the like the earlier fights, I think some of like the orders took a liking to me straight away. Mm. So once I became motivated by like my money, you know, like, you know, you want to buy trainers because, you know, them times, for example, one tens was like 110 pounds. That's mm. crazy. So, you know, we're Africans. That's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> you must forget about it. So once I got those type of desires and, you know, you get tired of getting laughed at for your clothes and, that, mm. and I wanted to be fresher. So once I got those desires, I think it was, yeah. I would then have to just find what it is that people do for money and yeah. I gravitate towards that. Mm. And at the time, because I see a video you've done recently, well, not recently, a couple of years back now, where you talked about how you now see how you was kind of groomed and used. But at that time, you don't see it. None of the young people actually see that, oh, someone's using us for, to, for their own mm. good. Yeah, no, nah, you don't. I think it's, you know, use is one way to look at it. Also, like, it's also channeling. Like, you, you see a young person with a lot of potential, and you channel that potential to something else. Wrong, when, yeah. When you know you could easily do, you know, because I see the same now, and I'm like, wow, like I was probably like that, and then they probably just, you get what I'm saying. Whereas, and now for me, when you're at that stage of your life and you're you're insecure and the rest of it, just that acknowledgement you're getting maybe from an older person who may be revered in the area, or people mm. are looking up to my man, like yo, my man, you kind of run with that because it's yeah. the first stint of it type thing like okay oh, I'm cool now okay yeah okay now I can so you kind of get lost in that space there yeah which is really dark and do you think because um, you said it coincided with your father passing do you think then you kind of sought that father figure from the street basically yeah the streets kind of end up raising you because I wasn't the only one running around in my group without my father present a lot of us that was like the similarity so it's like you kind of bond on that. You kind of like that's what binds you lot together. The pain mm. and the same, sim you know, the similarities. So yeah, I think yeah, the streets was where I was gonna get. You know, then was streets was gonna become my dad. Then, mm. You know, effectively. So yeah, man. So at that point as well, music on the music scene, people starting to make music. The the rap scene, the gram scene still kind of there, but the rap scene starting to grow. 
when did you kind of start wanting to start making music? Um, anyone from Broccoli that grew up on Georgia Toy, I've always been rapping. So like the early years, local talent shows, you know, Albany and Deptford, I was always on those open mics. So I'd always rapped. I just never knew it was going to be a thing. So when I think when Channel U sort of got launched, I, that's when I saw that my first opportunity. Like, mm. right, like, man could be on TV, you get it? Yeah. Like, so yeah, so I think that was the first thinking about doing, even then I wasn't thinking about doing it seriously, it was just about getting on TV, yeah. you know. So that was when I decided, that was the first moment. I thought, okay, cool, let's try and shoot videos and X, Y, Z. Did you ever see it reaching the heights of what it has now, the music scene, how it is? Yeah, I always had the belief, like a dream of, imagine if, mm. imagine, like, imagine, so it was like, I remember them times it's not encouraged, isn't it? It's like you're rapping, it's like, what, my man's rapping, mm. you know what I'm saying? I, I was able to get away with it because it's like, we talking about my bad boy, we talking about I can rap if I want, so mm. I could half get away with it that, but you, rapping just wasn't encouraged at all, mm. and you felt some type of way even saying, you know, it was looked at as an American thing. Mm. So I always wished it can get to this point, but where it's got to, like, I think it can get further, like, mm. definitely. I, I mean, I, I agree, because the way things are moving now, the trajectory is just, <laughs> it's just crazy. Now, these young people, like I said, again, similar to the Africans, how we stepped before them, the new musicians, you guys kind of paved the way before for, for these guys how they are now. Yeah. So, I mean, before we get to everything that you've been doing now, you had sort of moments of struggles. You had uh, you went to prison. Mm. So going to prison for the first time, to let us know why you went to prison and how was it for you in there? Um, yeah, I went to prison for arm robbery um, for a jewelry store. You know what? It's mad. It sounds tapped, but when I went to, when I walked into juvenile because I went to prison, I was still under eighteen. When I caught my case, I was kind of like, yeah, finally I'm here. Mm. That's I'd already sadly accepted in my mind that this place was going to be my reality at some point. As, as a rite of passage? Yeah. And it was like, yeah, I was like, finally, I'm here, let me see what this is about. That's really my initial thought when I went in. I wasn't emotionally developed enough to even realise what this, what, you know, how this is going to affect my life, what this meant. I, it was just like, okay, cool, I'm here. Okay, let's see what this experience is going to be about. So that's how I felt initially, but that, that changes. As, mm. the, as the years go on. <laughs> I mean, how did you even get caught? Um, so weird. <laughs> it's never funny, but um, we had gone to a jewelry store um, in Bournemouth. Obviously, like, licked the jewelry store, sort of got away driving back and then motorway mm. chase, motorway chase. I think obviously the exit leaving Bournemouth to London is just one exit. Mm. Like you don't know that then, do you? But, um, but yeah, so as I went, so as I went, so as I left the shop, it was like, it's kind of crazy how everything happened. Um, I come out of the shop and I'm looking, I was definitely going to jail, that's the point I'm about to make, mm. right? I came out of the shop and the, the car that was supposed to be outside, because of how I've come out of the shop, they're thinking the movie ain't gone down, the mission's been aboard, so they've drove off thinking. Okay. But these times, I'm just composing myself as I'm walking mm. to the car. So Dave and Clock, that's so they've drove off. So now, obviously, I'm having to run after the car, whatever now, so that's hot. Mm. Um, get to the car, someone's cut their hand in the shop, that was hot. So it was just like, mm. and then now, the motorway, I'm driving back, I'm just looking in the car, I'm just thinking, yeah, this is definitely going left. So as I drove past the roundabout, leaving Bournemouth, they were all just waiting there. Okay, they already knew. Yeah, already knew. So as I drove past, they just crept behind me. I just looked at everyone in the car, so yeah, we're all going to jail. Mm. You didn't try to run at this point? 
um, at this point, I'm, you know, you're trying to keep it cool, like mm. next exit type thing. But it was mad because as I took the next exit, stepped on it, I've looked ahead of me, they've already blocked the road ahead of me. And I've looked up, they've got the bird up, I just went, mm. yep. Yeah. Was the helicopter there as much? Yeah, I was like, yeah, just, I just sort of pulled over, I just sparked my zoo, mm. like to take the last couple of tokes. I'm like, yeah, we're going to jail today. Uh, how long did you end up getting? I got eight years for that jeweler, and that was like for one jeweler's year, and yeah. that wasn't a guilty plea as well. Yeah. So, I mean, once you got that, because we had Big Doug here earlier on just before you, and I've said it, and I've always asked people, when you was going to jail for the first time, did you cry? You know, I didn't, you know. You didn't cry? I didn't, because you know what it is? I feel like I'd been, by the time I went to jail, even though I was young, I'd been over-traumatised by that point. Mm. Like, I think I was like just a numb, empty shell of a teenager, like, just cold inside. Like, I'd already been, you know, from growing up with my parents, from coming from a situation where it was war-torn back home, where there was mm. a lot of, like, horrible things I got seen. So it's like, I was already desensitised and the trauma was just, yeah, it made me numb to it. Mm. But later on in my sentence, the tears come into it. Yeah. You know, when, I think when my son, when I heard my son on the prison visit, I cried. Okay. Like, and again, that was another turning point, but yeah. Mm. So, I mean, having to do um, eight, you had to do eight years? Yeah, so I had that, yeah, I did. So them times it was the old system, yeah. which you do two thirds. Yeah. So yeah, so I would have had to do just about six years. Of I mean, the they brought it back in at the two thirds. Oh, swear down. Yeah, yeah, two thirds back in for violent for violent crime. The two thirds back in. Oh, swear down. Yeah, it's been a couple of years now. No yeah. way. So I was two thirds. So a man like me, parole was not going to be a reality. Mm. So it was like I had to do probably had to do about six years or like five and a bit basically to make it two thirds of the eight. So how was it then that like, being in prison in itself? Did you did you find yourself comfortable really quick, or was you was it was it was, it, was there struggles? You know what was crazy? In the young of, in, in juvenile, they've just got it down that like everyone's uneducated and mm. don't. So, like, I found, like, trying to engage in the education system in juvenile just wasn't working because it was already below what I already knew, you mm. know. Because um, I went to boarding school as well, it seemed a lot like boarding school. Mm. That's how I kind of looked at the experience. So, what are the difference? Like, well, I've got a TV here, then at least yeah. then. I got a, so, I was kind of trying to look at those sides of it type thing um and also even from then as a as a you know juvenile i was hell-bent on getting through the experience and not making it stressful for my family so yeah. i was already of that mindset like mm. you put yourself here you've got to just ride it so mm. that's how i was thinking about it did, did, did you hold because i always found i told people now right you find that a lot of people forget about you when you're in prison sort of friendships and then when you come as they so did you find that the reality of prison sitting like raw <laughs> Man, they weren't really my friends like that. Yeah, you know what it is, yeah? It's like, I'll be real, like, before I went to jail, I kind of knew certain people wasn't, I kind of, I'd already got there, realised that, because I'd gone from the kid where people are making fun of, and in year seven, people trying to have bully you, to now, everybody pretending you're best friend. So I knew that, because of the transition, was within, like, two summers, mm. it's not really real. Yeah. You don't already re around me for a certain reason, and certainly, like, for the olders, I always kind of knew, like, I knew what it was, mm. what the arrangement was. Like, I'm a man that's on licking it. You've not got moves. You might not, some of you might not have heart the way mm. I, you know what I'm saying? It's because it's a whole different game, as you know. And I'm done, I'm trying to get myself out of my situation. So I was quite aware. So when I went to prison, I already knew, like, I couldn't ring no one for no help because when I was on the road, I couldn't ring no one for help. Mm. You get me? Um, I think it was just more how certain people did, like my family, how you dealt with my family, forget about me, you like, let yeah. me check for my mom. Well, well, no one's checking for my mom, okay, cool, what, no one, okay. 
So it was more that, okay, mm. I see where I've gone. And, but yeah. So you done that time in jail, I mean, what, what would you say jail taught you? Like, I got to educate myself, man. I think that's one of the things. So even though I was doing that bird, I did the whole of that bird. I probably done, got to the end, towards the end of it. And then that was the whole rottle stage, mm. right? Which I, you know, I went through that process. I lasted six months of that and then got 10 years. Okay. Through that period, added onto my sentence for a firearm. Mm. So that first five years, I wasn't actually, I don't know, I think I was still blocking it all, all mm. in. Like the sentence was too, I was too young to get that sentence, in my opinion, in terms of like processing it. So yeah. I didn't process it. So as you know, first 10 gels, I'm just, you know, you know banging out or whatever. Mm. So five years is passed, and then it's like now they've added another ten years on my sentence. It's just like okay, I gotta be up another six years. So, so why 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 are you just finishing your sentence you're on Rotwell? For people who don't know Rotwell, that's release on temporary license. That means you can go out to work mm -hmm. and stuff. So why you was on one of these release dates? Yeah, you got caught with a gun. No, why was it released? That I got nicked for on joint enterprise. Okay, on another move. Okay, but you know, but the basis on the move was that um, you know this is all in the papers. They basically saying I obviously called the cab when the cab came, stung the cab, and then used the cab to go and hit a bank. Okay. But in but that was just a theory, mm. right, type thing. Um, and they're saying, basically, I sent someone, and then, I, then they changed the story. Now, it wasn't him. He sent someone to lick the cab. Mm. And they're saying, basically, the person that robbed the cab hit the cab driver with, over the head, right, with a metal object. Mm. And because I'm associated to the case, they believe that it's a gun. So without no gun, mm. without even getting no other person, just the story, they charge me with firearm. Yeah. Position of firearm with intent. But then joint enterprise was thick. Because the whole idea then was, boy, we're going to charge you with this move unless you tell us who done the move. Mm. But it's like, I don't know what move you're talking about. Yeah. So it's like, boy, we know you know. So, okay, we're charging you because we've got the cab driver and that definitely happened. And then the car was found in Rushy Green, Catford, yeah. which is where the banks are by the front line. And you're from Lucian. So we're gonna just run all this storyline, and then I got given another ten years on top of that, just like that. I mean, even after getting that 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 ten, has that has that sent you? Because like you've done all that, you've not even been out, so now you're doing. Fam, you know what it was? Yeah, it's like it was more like not in a way like man's done things. You get what I'm trying to say to you. So it's like I'm willing to face the music, mm. but you see the way that charge got tied to me and got applied. It was like the most. I, if he told me before that I could go jail for that, they can actually get that free. I would say, no way. Like, they have to actually mm. catch me with a gun mm. or catch somebody. Or how can I be in jail for joint enterprise and I've got no codies? Mm. I didn't even think that was possible. So it's like, but then again, it's like, you get to learn though. It's like, it's the, it's the crown that I was, the perspective of the crown that I, that I was putting across. Mm. Do you get what I'm trying to say to you? So it's not far-fetched for the police to think, of course you send someone to do that. It's not like they pick me as an innocent person yeah. and just assume that, you get me? Clearly, how I'm engaging with my life is giving the impression that I'm the... You know what I'm saying? I'm not mm. saying they were right to do it, but it made me... It was a shock to my system. Because I'm thinking, I can't go jail. Like, you have to catch me doing something for me mm. to go jail or whatever. Not, or, and I know how conspiracy works, but joint enterprise was like a whole new... It was like, you either snitch or you're getting murdered. Mm. It literally was those two. And it's just like, what? No, it can't be. No. And I went trial and, yeah, I got 10 years for, for, for that. So even like with that happening got given the, 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 the 10 years, would you say then for things that you may have done in the past, you kind of accept it? Like, you know, okay, I didn't get caught for this, this, that, 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 so maybe... That's, that's exactly how I looked at it because it's so crazy because 
who they were, how can I put it? I've got to try and put this in the right legal way. The people I was around mm. during that period, like I was in jail when I got my 10 years, they all got a 30 rec, mm. like a year later, for example. Mm. And I was thinking that, rah, that could have been me. You yeah. get it? So I then start, because you know, I'm a man of God, so I'm just like, yeah, God obviously took me out of the way because I was praying like, yo, God, what's going on? No way, you can't let them do me. Like, you know, like it wasn't, you know, a reasonable mm. God on that one and a spiritual one, like, yo, how can I, they can't give me a bird for a machine that I was mm. never caught with. That don't make no sense. Where's yeah. the actual gun? Like, I, I've never heard of someone going to jail for a gun that I was never caught with. Mm. And, I've, and I've, I ain't got no conviction for firearms prior to that. Yes, yeah. there might be intelligence and they said, obviously, whatever, you have access or whatever, not, but we've got to go by the facts, and the facts yeah. is convictions, I had none, but, but I got to understand it when I saw how, how things transpired for some of my other peers, and I was like, rah, that could have been me, rah, that could have been me, rah. And then, yeah, one of my best friends died when I was in jail as well, so it was just like, through that first year, and that proper just like, put a lot of things into perspective, I was yeah. just like, rah, like, the world is changing, and and maybe God wants me to just sit down here for the time being in it. So, so in, in, in all this period, obviously, finally you you get out. But of course, you 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 you're a father. Did you kind of have to sit down with your son and kind of explain to him like why you're away, what's going on? And because again, in the society that we live in, a lot of kids are not growing up with their father. And I see how you are, the relationship with your, your son now, how much you, you, you make amends, you, you you make sure you showcase him. And that by that time, did you have did you have that difficult conversation with him? Now nah, you know what, my boy, like, God sent my son, man, to, <laughs> to like, to kind of put me in a different space mm. because my son was born, right? He was born at 9.49, right? This is in July, my son was born the next day. My son was on a prison visit in a family, you know, they give you the family one in the morning. Mm. And I'll be rude to you, I heard my son as a baby one day after he was born and everything just changed. I've never been the same since. Yeah. And our bond, is like that and has always been like that from birth. And obviously his mom made sure that the relationship was maintained, like he didn't. And I would, I was one of them people, you know, family visits, this, that, mm. this, this. I was engaging, you know, the cards, you send the cards and yeah. how you do the whatever. And so I wanted to make sure my son knew who his dad was. And we bonded like that, unfortunately, through like the prison visits and through letters and stuff like that and phone calls. But when I got out, those things stuck. You mm. get it? And I was so grateful for that because many families get broken in their prison situations. So, but my son was like the reason, like the me now. It's like, mm. he's the reason, you get it? So how do you kind of talk to him now then as a 17 year old? Because these streets are dangerous. Aren't no, they? my daughter is 17. Oh, your daughter is 17. My son's daughter. Okay, okay, okay. So my daughter is, you know, that's, that's my baby. That's my princess. It's different. Mm. It's more like a protective thing, right? Mm. Okay, now, but... It's kind of the belief that I'm here to protect and provi you know provide, but your mom's gonna guide because she's a woman, and yeah. you can. It's more relatable. Mm. Whereas with my son, I kind of felt like it's on me. Yeah, do you get sense, it? So him being a twelve-year-old, one thing I don't do is I don't lie to my son. My son's my best friend. Anyone that knows knows this. I mm. keep it completely all the way one thousand with him mm. because I can't. Otherwise, it's hard to explain prison visits and all them type mm. of things. So he proper gets it. And I like that I have that relationship with him that I don't have to lie to him. I can tell him the, you know, the mm. truth and be honest about the mistakes I've made and mm. he proper gets it, so yeah. And also just the fact that one, the common thing that people don't like to admit, right, is when you come out of jail, you've got nothing again. Yeah. You're broke. You, 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 you have to go through it. How do you was able to kind of keep yourself out of the mix? Because it's very easy. I was speaking to you 
my partner's brother's here today. I was speaking to him earlier about it. And basically, but it's difficult because you can just call, 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 yo, give me some food. Let me just go. How do you keep that mentality of saying, you know, the very early years, I'm not going to do that? Um, you don't. You kind of get caught up in it, if anyone's being honest. You, mm. First of all, you get caught up in it. It doesn't mean you get caught up in like the commitment of it itself, but I'm talking about the remnants of the old environment. You can you kind of get caught up in that to start with because mm. on a restart, you then got to find your way. So naturally, it might be that brethren that you you know you used to roll before you went to jail, come to take you to buy your trainers. Mm. He might invite you somewhere. You might be at a bar somewhere. You're still kind of in it. You might think, I'm not in it because I'm just going out to a bar my brethren, but you're not really clocking. Mm. There is also a game where everybody else is playing. Like, no, he's out of jail. He's around me now. So everybody's playing their own game, but mm. you might not even know that, but you're back in it. Mm. So I definitely think I got caught up in it. And here's the thing about it. Sometimes it's not the making money side. You could just get caught up on on a drama side mm. that you know something will be resurrected. Because remember, there's been in jail. I was in jail for eleven years. There's people that one had wanted to have. They've been waiting eleven years to have a certain conversation mm. with me, and that doesn't change because I'm not or what I'm on. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying to you? So there was still a lot of those type of landmines I had to maneuver where someone mm. brings up like, "Yo, I've been waiting to chat." It's like, brother, like, what? It's like that. What that happened fifteen years mm. ago, bro? Like, I don't know what you want me to say right now. Mm. So there was a lot of those moment that I had to manoeuvre based on I had to think for other people and make them think it's their own idea. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. So back on the music thing then, by the time you come out of jail, the scene is booming. What are you thinking? Like I'm, you know what is I'm thinking it's on. Mm. I mean from like I'm thinking like I'm so excited because in my head I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I believe in my talent. Like this is my vision. I've had this vision like from how, how, you know, when I was 15, I knew you can get to this point. So it was like, my way out. It was like, yes, this is the way out now. This is, you've been doing this your whole life. If there's something you're good at, you can rap. That's, if there's anything you're really, really good mm. at, you can definitely rap. So like, it was like, yeah, for me, it was like, this is my opportunity to sort of change everything. Mm. I remember when you first come, I think you spoke about this last time in the last interview, you was kind of going at the platforms at the time. <laughs> why, why, why was that at the time? I think it was, it was a Graham Daly or Link Up, I remember. <laughs> But all of them, yeah. Grab the Allen Cup, shout out Rishi, shout out Posty, you get me, those are the bros. But um, it's a, it's it's trying to make the transition from a street nigga to a, to a businessman. Mm. It's, it's, it's not. Mm. <laughs> there's a lot of like old strings you need to mm. you need to you need to get undone. So I was because I didn't fully understand the landscape and I was still doing dealing with a road mentality mm. s- some situations that I approach or like looked at it wrong and on top of that I'm very outspoken so I was always going to rub people up the wrong way mm. anyway so that was another thing but I think in the early days I can put my hand up and say I didn't handle certain some of my decision making mm. the right way because I was just leading off maybe then still with a bit of ego yeah. and maybe some 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 arrogance at that point but um but yeah so I did catch up with the platforms mm. in the early stages <laughs> and then in terms of music now, I think you've been quite consistent. You had your headline show. I mean, how was that even for you to, for everything you've been doing then to even have a headline show where everyone shows up and supports and know your music? Um, nah, that was a movie still. That was a movie. That was like, you know what I mean? Like, my thing is, I say we got to celebrate the survivors. I just believe anything's possible. So even with the show, that was, I had no guarantee people was going to come. That was like most, one of the most nerve-wracking things mm. I've done. I think if nobody comes, I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so when I saw, you know, you know, when the whole thing was how went, how it went, 
I was just thinking, like, well, I hope like the guys in the landing can see this. Like, mm. did you film that? Did you cap? Because you know what I'm saying, because when you're doing them birds and you're going through the cat eight systems, it just feels that life is mm. over, bro, man. It's just like so. All I was thinking is, I hope the guy can, the guys can see this, like, mm. yo, like, and that's amazing for me because I've gone from doing music, trying to like, yo, look at me, I'm doing music, yo, like, yo guys, yo guys, let me, yo guys, can I, what can I, you know, I've gone from that mm. to actually I've just built my own thing. Mm. You know, I've got my own, and I'm just running with it, and it's mm. just working, you get it? So, and it's a, it's a much more relaxed state, but I know every artist has to go through that. Yo guys, yo guys, you go through that first mm. to start with, but eventually you find yourself, and you just settle into a rhythm, and you just mm. run with it. And also, one thing that people, sh I think they don't give enough flowers for, is part of a BAFTA, winning um, documentary. Can you talk talk us through that and what, how that came about? Um, yeah, that was sick. We did a documentary on Garden Production, shout out Garden Production, um, with the BBC, commissioned a documentary about, it was called Gun Number 6. I mean, um, people could just Google it and take it in. It was about a firearm that was used from between London and Birmingham back in the day, and everyone was convicted for it. And they were trying to like do a film and documentary following the firearm. And what they wanted to do was check it, this is how God works. Mm. Me complaining earlier on. They wanted ex-offenders who are actors with firearm offences. Mm. So without the offence itself, you wouldn't have I would have even had the opportunity. So mm. I got, you said God works. So that's why we should just not complain as much sometimes. So that's what they wanted to do. And I sort of went to do it. And I mean, it was a great experience. And on top of that, it's like, you know, like the village won that BAFTA. Like mm. we won the BAFTA because the idea was we had to go and explain how things transpire in the environment to wider Britain. Mm. And that was also nerve-wracking, because for me, it was just like, if I say the wrong thing here, I'm done in the village. Mm. I can't even, you get what I'm trying to say to you? So that BAFTA, it was, it's no, I wouldn't credit it to myself or anything. I think if the whole village won that BAFTA. Mm. We brought that cow back home to the village, like, you're human. And then I never even wanted to be an actor, so check mm. that out. So that started a whole other later. I was going to get into that next. So then after that, you started getting into acting. And is that something you, you call yourself now, actor? You are yeah, more acting yeah, gigs now? Yeah, I'm definitely an actor now. Um, back then, I just was just rolling a bit. And again, it's God and experiences. Um, I tell people sometimes, today's burdens, you know, will turn out to be tomorrow's blessings. Mm. Again, you know, some of the, a lot of the films I've been on is because of my life experiences. Yeah. So I get typecasted. Typecasting is when they give you a role based on the fact they know you've, got, you've had that experience. Mm. And my unique experiences kind of puts me ahead sometimes of more of a more trained actor yeah. because I can tap into the method mm. a lot, you know. Would you do any other form of acting? Would you like, because what, what I find in America, they love British actors, mm. but a lot, sometimes I'm amazed at how they could do the American accent so well. Have you thought about I've it? I've learned American accent right now. Okay, okay. You're going to give us something? Yeah, no, 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 yeah. I'm doing accent lessons now because obviously America is one of my places, you know, one of the places I want to sort of venture in and try and do mm. that. So definitely something I look, I'm looking to. Acting is something I'm taking serious now yeah. because I've somehow, not fluked, but ended up with the accolades that agencies are looking for yeah. and stuff like that. And so mm -hmm. even when I'm saying, no, like, that's not what I'm on. It's like, no, what are you talking about? Like, you're, if you go to the BAFTA website right now, type in gun number six, it's a picture of me. Mm. And, you know, so it's like, um, so yeah, I'm taking acting more serious. Now. And again, I'm grateful, but what... That's what I said to you in the beginning. I can't complain about my experiences mm. the same way because they've led me to all these blessings. You yeah, know? So yeah. it's, quite, it's quite, you know. What about in, in yourself even to ever, could we, we've seen it in terms of everybody's doing podcasts. You've got Young Spray out in um, North London. He's got a podcast. You've got, um, 
Margs, they got their, they got their one. You got uh, winners talking, pound sterling. A lot of the older generation. I mean, obviously, I've got this one, a big ego. Have you ever thought about saying, you know what? Actually, my voice needs to be out there. I'm outspoken because you come on on Instagram, you give us your your your, your analysis of things. Is that something you thought about taking forward and doing? Um, yeah, just not at the moment. Just, yeah. just don't have the time. To, I wouldn't have the time to commit to something like that right now. Because I'm still developing all the other areas of my brand, but I think I feel like when the time is right and the situation's right, yeah. it's something I'll definitely um, go into. And I think, I could, like you said, I kind of done, you know, done it, you know, prior to everybody jumping on podcasts, I was mm. on my Insta lives doing, yeah. you know, giving, you know, those antidotes. Mm. So clearly, I'm comfortable doing it. It's just now, you know, the brand's kind of, you know, expanded. So there's other mm. areas I would just want to get concrete and get right. Mm. That podcast stuff sitting there, I'm talking to you, I could do that all day. I mm. can kind of, you know, it's natural to me. Um, but yeah, so definitely, podcast mm. is something definitely I'll go into in the future. And you talk about brand, you've got the, the Drip, um, how long that's been going now? Yeah, Drip London, shout out Big Zico, that's my brother. He designed and created this brand out of, you know, we did, you know, it was such a beautiful thing to see happen. It was about making a transition. And he came up with like, okay, this this is what he came up with. And I was just like, you know what, let's just run with it. Mm. And yeah, we've been running with it ever since. And I'm so proud of him, he's done really well for it. So like, and so yeah, look at the website, drip.fashion. We got all types of things. Again, this is, this is not um, like, and that's why I always try to do, show the representation of the community. Whether it's with like yourselves and other people, it's like, yo, this is not somebody that grew up in Sesame Street. This is a man, we did, you know what I'm saying? Mm. We did the pavement together and now, this is in shops and all types of things. So, mm. so yeah, he's done really well. And that's my thing. Anyone around me wants to do anything, I support people's thing like, like it's my, I make, it's mm. mine, it's ours. Do you mm. get what I'm trying to say to you? Because I want you to win too, type mm. thing. So yeah, Drip London, that's our thing. So yeah, check it out, man. And, and, and lastly, we've been seeing all these um, things that's been happening in terms of the boxing that's been going on lately. Uh, rest in peace. I'll say rest in peace, Hypo. Rest in peace, Hypo. Because I remember rest in peace, that, that, that these whole conversations you know started a couple of years ago. Let's have with it him. right. Let's have it right. And I say this, and people don't like hearing it, but this is the fact. The reason celebrity boxing is a conversation over in within our culture is because of me, Hypo, Biz, and Space Space. Yeah. Us four is the one that made it a thing. So mm. like, so definitely RIP Hypo, and definitely pick him up. And let's remember these things. You know, sometimes when people, when we do things in our community, everybody wants to say, you know, be the only one. No, we can do this together. And clearly, nobody expected that to manifest. Where Look where the celebrity boxing is a topic in the culture. Mm. Like, it's actually a full-blown topic. We yeah. see things happening around it. But let's just remember where, you get what I'm trying to say to you, like, a lot of, like, and I, and I say that to say this, it's about... In our, seeing the architects don't get respected. Yeah. The, you know, I'm trying to say to you, look what you built, for example, like if somebody wanted to be part of that, it's like, yeah, be part of that, let's help grow it, but it, it can't be, the, it's either him or me. Do you mm. get what I'm trying to say to you? Like, you, you've you been here building, mm. and I think we need to respect the architects in our culture. But yeah, man, but RIP Hypo, for sure. Yeah. Is, that, is that something that you, you would do again? Like, the because I, I see uh, the, on Winners Talking the other day, and they're saying, oh, Bobby said he would do it. They said, what about Vic? They said, now Vic's looking for a, a mad bag. Is that your bag is too big? What's going on? Now, man, the business got to be right because I'm main event. Mm. So it's like, I'm going to sell it because in turn, like, what did my brethren say? Like, I can talk shit professionally. Mm. Like, so that already, that I already know what that comes with. Mm. <laughs> when I say that, it means I can get underneath someone's skin really mm. quick. Um, away from that, I'm just, a, the sportsmanship, I'm just, I will know how to sell the fight. So mm. I'm, you can't give me a bag 
drop me a bag to go and fight when I'm one of the architects of this. Do you mm. get it? So anybody wants to do that type of thing, we have to get him properly. Like we have to make sure. We, Would you do your own one then? No, nah, I'm not. Don't care about it like that. But if you want to really make it a thing, any card or any any sort of event people that get me on it, they will see the difference. I was mm. I can sell pay per views. Mm. I want a percentage of it. I'm not a small boy. Mm. You get what I'm trying to say to you. Like the business has to be right. Make sure it's you know done properly. It's not even about that. It's about it's about making sure everybody gets what they want from it. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And I'm not out here to prove that I'm the best fighter in the world. Mm. That's not my aim. You know. Yeah. Who, who who would you in the scene like to have taken on? You know what? Yeah. You know who would be who would be a nice shout? Mm. Definitely like a Bugsy would be a nice shout. Mm. Not because because again he but I say that to say this. My platform is not big enough to kind of make that card happen. Yeah. Because he's somewhere clear for him. It wouldn't be about money. It would be about shifting the culture, which yeah. is, you know, one of my main motivations. So someone that makes sense. Or so, I don't know, one of the, the Paul brothers, bring one of them. I mean, I, mean I, 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 I put the other day, I put you and, and uh, Pound Sterling up. I said, this is what I'd want to see. You see? Oh, well, yeah, I forgot you yeah, did that. I, I put that I on there. I forgot you did so, that. Yeah, so, nah, nah, why, why can't that happen? Like, do you know how mad that is? That's like, Telling you to go and fight your older brother, like yeah, that, but you can't just go and but, do that. Bret Hart fought Owen Hart. <laughs> you can't just go and do that. And Pounds is the bro. And on top of that, mm. would, that would never happen. That's yeah. just, and why would you pick, pick someone from Lucian to go against someone in Lucian? You see you. This no, is what I'm saying. No, no. Uh, uh, divide and conquer. They say. Divide and conquer. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I just think you both got the fighting background. You're both quite big. I thought you know it's something that would, that would work. But no, he, see, Pounds is a sense. He's a teacher. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. have Pounds be part of my camp and yeah. show me some stuff. Mm. But away from that, is it is it just boxing though? Or do you do the MMA thing? I'm not in the boxing thing. So just the MMA thing. Yeah, because. Like, I'm a brawler, in it. That's mm. my thing, in it. So I believe sometimes a lot of that is just natural ability. And obviously you can train to do it. I'm just more comfortable at brawling mm. because that's what I came up doing. So I don't, you know, and the boxing thing, I respect boxing as a sport. I just don't feel I'm skilled enough to stick to something like that. And even if I want to do it, I might start a boxing and I might just do a spinning back kick. You mm. know, <laughs> my head. I'm like, oh, yeah. sorry. So I'm going to be like, oh, sorry. She, yeah. Oh, you know what? I forgot it's a boxing mm. match. Mm. My brain, <laughs> I'm going to do a flying knee. And they're just like, you can't do that, Vic. Mm. It's, it's a boxing match. I'm like, oh, damn, I forgot. Yeah. So I'm brooding. But really, away from that, a lot of people think, like, the fighting thing would be great, but that's not my main focus. Mm. I'm not bothered about that. I'm mm. just happy that it is a topic and young people are more thinking more about, there is a more of a conscious form, right, can you fight? Can you not fight? Like, mm. I like that, that whole energy being in the place. So for mm. me, that's a win. I don't need to ever fight no mm. one or to prove I can fight or whatever, whatever not. So yeah, I just like the fact that it's, it's just something in our culture now. I hear that, man. Any last words for us, man? Any last words? Um, yeah, man. Got some new music coming. Um, got new music coming this summer. Trying to like, just work out the calendar probably. But I got new music coming this summer. Um, September, the tape's gonna be, I don't know when this interview will be out, but hopefully it'll be out before then. Got tape coming out September and yeah, people just yeah, just check out the other stuff stuff I'm doing. And also I wanna say give you your flowers, man. Oh, I appreciate like, it. You know, because I think it's cool you being by you know, camera and doing the interviews and whatever not, but bro, like you've done yeah man, you've done really well for yourself and I feel like even coming to the charity game was it you know, funny you're saying that I was looking back at our footages with Hypo and us mm. in the changing room. Doing, doing, in, doing that yeah. game there, and it's like, and I'm happy that was part of that moment. I caught mm. off, you know, because you never know in life. So what you're doing, bro, is 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 definitely, definitely to be commended, and just keep doing what you're doing, and and yeah, more blessings and more power to you. Man. I appreciate, it, man. We we'll see you at the next game too, man. Yeah, man. Definitely, oh. I'm there, man. Got to say that more. <laughs>